Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Free Lawyer And this is actually a very different episode than what I usually do. You know, I usually have lawyers on or those who are consultants to the legal profession. But you know how passionate I am about health and wellness. And I think many of you know as well what a problem our profession has with such things as depression and addiction and even suicide. And um, so today's guest is Maria Sheehan. Maria has been a president in higher education for many, many years, working under great stress and now has a second career focused on fitness and nutrition. And I thought her insights today about how we can age in a healthy way would be helpful to all of us lawyers who often work under so much stress. So Maria, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure to be here, Gary. Maria, tell me a little bit about your professional journey, You know, kind of what you've done in your life and, and how you've reinvented yourself. I spent most of my life, Gary, in higher education and many years working with attorneys when I was uh, a vice chancellor for human resources. And of course, every single complaint, all the lawsuits, well, you handle it if you are in that position. At one point in time, I think my my husband said, I think you're spending more time with attorneys than than you are with me. And so um, that's really where I, I concentrate a lot of my time and then moved up the ranks in, in higher ed in different positions and ultimately into the position of uh, president. And I served as president for three three different institutions, wonderful large institutions in California and in Nevada for 20 years. Great. So when you <laughs> retired from being a president of a university or in higher education, what what do you do now? What did you do next? <laughs> I transitioned, Gary, from a very stressed out individual watching my colleague, the university president, literally die on the job. And that was my wake up call, because that I thought was where I was going, just following the same path as him, being very stressed, uh, no sleep, um, eating on the run, uh, all of that together. Oh, and just, and then having a trainer, but you know, that's not a good combination there. <laughs> You've got to have all the pieces together. I think we're going to talk about that. So that was my wake up call to say, if I don't do something to change the course, my trajectory, I am going in the same way as my colleague. And I saw other colleagues with heart conditions and, and other cardiovascular issues and, and uh, alcohol issues, you name it. And all the same, like the like your profession, the same kind of issues cropping up with the level of stress that we experience. So you encounter a lot of professional stress in, in your job in higher education, particularly last one as, as president. How did that affect you and how did you manage it? 
Well, to tell you the truth, I didn't manage it very well. Looking back on it, I uh, really sacrificed my health for the job, working 24-7, being under that constant stress, um, going to all the events that you have to go to as a president. Alcohol is always there. (laughs) And sometimes it's like, okay, um, I'll just have that extra cocktail. So I, um, I, w- I wasn't handling it well. And, and I did step out at the age of 69. I could have kept going. I'm 77 now, so I certainly could have wow. kept going. <laughs> but, but I thought, if I stay in this state, I am not going to go into my 70s very well. So I need to step out and take control. Of- so how did you do that? What did you do? Well, actually, I didn't know what to do until my financial advisor said, I think you should see my trainer. Now, he had seen me puff up over the years, fatter and fatter and more stress and more stress. And I had tried a a number of things. None of them seemed to work. And so I took that step, that leap of faith. And I went to a very traditional trainer with, you know, very strict sense of what we're going to do uh and i've never i've never looked back and now i am in that role of training women primarily some men but mostly women over 50 because it can change your life and what kind of training do you give them um what what sort of services do you provide so i think the whole issue of how we age is really begins with our mental state yeah you know, And I think we're going to talk about some of the the myths of aging, but one of the big ones that I see is people saying at 50, I'm old. Okay, so that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you believe you're old, then you start saying, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm too old for it. And so it starts there. So I I really work a lot in terms of transformation of how we think about aging. That's number one. Number two is strength training resistance training and we don't hear very much about that as we get older and it's essential why is strength training the key to a healthy life well there is a expert right now her name is dr gabrielle lyons she's called the muscle centric doctor and what she says is muscle is the um organ of longevity and all of her research stems around the, the what happens when we can develop muscle. We're going to lose weight. We are going to, she has it attached, her research attaches it even to protecting our immune system. So what happens as we age is we lose muscle mass and we lose our bone density. We can fight against that with strength training. And you don't get that with walking or skiing or any of the other strength sports to the degree that you get it with actual strength training using equipment, using uh, free weights, using bands. That gives you that resistance, that tension on your muscles that you really need. That's great. You know, my audience is mostly lawyers and, and I've spoken to many, many lawyers during, my, during the work that I do to support them. And they're under incredible stress, uh, time stress, financial stress, always in a situation of conflict with other attorneys, and, and it just creates terrible stress for them. How does that stress affect them, you know, physically and emotionally? You know, I think that 
often that some of the the issues that you're talking about, uh, such as addiction, that is a stress reliever that often, you know, we will go to. And so it can manifest itself internally by causing inflammation in the body, which is linked to every chronic disease. Okay, so that's that's the internal stress. And the external stress is you often, if you're under a lot of stress, you're not as measured in how you respond to people. You're short-tempered because that's the external manifestation of the state that you're in. So both internally and externally, it's extremely dangerous for us. So for the lawyers who are listening who are under that stress, and um, Mike, I'm going to ask you what, what they can do to help manage it. But obviously part of that is working less hours, setting boundaries, things that are more professional than uh, health nutrition related. But what suggestions would you have for them of a lifestyle perspective, a healthy eating fitness perspective that could help them manage that stress? Uh, let me let me talk about movement first. And there was one time during my career when I did handle the stress the best as I look back over all the years. And I took up racquetball and I was dealing with, uh, I was dealing with, uh, unions that, that would drop a complaint like every single week. We'd have a new one to address. And and that was just our support staff union, not talking about the faculty or anyone else. It was just a support staff. And I had a, a, a very confrontational um, union rep to, to deal with. I found that racquetball was fabulous. So if you have um, you have people in your audience that like movement, it's very fast, it's very intense, it's wonderful. You have a little ball and you're just sucking the heck out of it. But it's so intense because you have to look at the angles and it's it's um, it's you can't be stressed and do that at the same time. So that was I, one technique. Yeah, the, uh, another new sport that, but not really still new, but almost new that people love that does a lot of the same things is pickleball. And yes. uh, it's so much fun. And I know my wife and I count our steps and we're amazed how many steps we get because we feel like we're not moving, but we're always moving for the hour and a half or so that we play. And it's so much fun and easy to play. And like you say, it requires hand-eye coordination. It requires thought about where am I going to place it in angles. Um, what other suggestions do you have for someone who really might feel under extreme stress to help relieve that in a healthy way? Okay. In a healthy way. I, I think the movement is essential and understanding that you're under stress. So if you're being sharp, if you're short tempered, if you're not sleeping, if you're using alcohol to, to escape or, or any other drug to escape, then you know you're under stress. And now that's, that's the time to... Uh, place yourself in an intervention. And one of those interventions is getting the movement that you need. And that I think we don't do because we think it's going to take too much time. So I tell clients, look, take 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day. You can find 10 minutes. And here are some of the things that you can do with light weights. Okay. You can place them around the house, do 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. And before you know it, you really have a substantial amount of time invested in it. So it's a recognition, one, that you are in this state, and two, that you want to do something about it. And if you do, then just take that little bit of time. Now, if you're really interested, then here's my suggestion. Get a trainer. Get a trainer. Now you are uh, absolutely uh, held accountable to X number of minutes 
per week. You pay in advance, so you're going to be there. You're held accountable. And it was the best investment I ever made. So we're going to invest either in our healthness, in our, in our illness, or our wellness. And I think the better bet is on our wellness. And so to say, oh, it costs this much, well, really, what's the value of our health? I think using a trainer is so smart because um, they know what they're doing. Yes. They know our bodies. They know what we can handle, what we can manage. They know the best kind of exercise or strength training for us. They motivate us, they encourage us, and they hold us accountable. And the little bit of investment of money is money, you know, very, very well invested. Um, Maria, what specific things tend to age us before our time, age us more quickly or earlier? Okay, I think there are a couple of things. Let me talk about food first and then movement second. Uh, the worst thing we can do for our bodies is put sugar into it. Okay, so we know that sugar is probably the, the most toxic thing you can put into our bodies. And we know that it causes inflation, in, not inflation, but inflammation. <laughs> and inflammation then is linked to all the chronic diseases. And so yes. it's one of the worst things we can do. Very, very addictive. So flour and sugar are called the new cocaine and heroin. They're that addictive and they're in everything. So I really advise uh, clients to be really critical. I am so sorry. He's been so good up to this point. No, he's, he's fine. So go on. So sugar and flour. Sugar and flour are probably the most dangerous things that we can do to our bodies and age us more quickly. Now, the sugar causes that um, that glucose spike, and there's some research that's saying with every one of those glucose spikes, you are aging your body more rapidly. So you want to keep that blood sugar at a constant level. So you're putting, you're putting your sugar in, your blood sugar is going to go spiking, and that's something to really avoid. So in terms of aging ourselves, I say sugar, flour. The other issue is not getting enough sleep. So we know that sleep is essential for our body to detoxify. It's good for our brain. It's good for our body functioning overall. So when we just try to, you know, make do on two hours of sleep or four hours of sleep, that is aging us more quickly. And it is connected to cognitive decline as well. I've, and heard, then, I've heard that about sleep as well. And I'm glad my Apple watch tells me at 1030, it's time to go to bed. And I have 10.30 to 6.30, and um, I really encourage folks to have a, a routine so they stay off their phones for a little bit before that they not have caffeine after a, a certain time and, and uh, maybe avoid alcohol and heavy food so they can really get to sleep. And I always encourage them to spend 10 minutes before they go to bed and, and think what happened that day that they're grateful for, what things worked out well. Because then they go to bed with positive thoughts and not so much worrying about their next big case or that lawyer who was unkind to them. Those are all such wonderful strategies, Gary. And there's one more that I would recommend, and that is writing down the issues that are the stressful issues so that you write them down, put them away. Now, you're not going to think about them because they're set aside. They're set aside. But gotcha. that strategy that you mentioned, those are all the techniques that are beneficial for giving us the best level of sleep that we can get. So I'm I'm 68. So of course, at my age of 68, I, I think very much about healthy aging. 
But many, many people who listen to my podcast are much younger than I am. And I know from the statistics I get from Spotify, you know, that most folks who listen are in their 30s or their 40s, some in their 20s, some older than their 40s. But why is healthy aging something that someone in their 30s or 40s should think about? Well, I think in your 30s and 40s, you're not thinking about your 70s and 80s, but those years are going to come. And as we both know, they come faster every year. You know, you, I always hear people saying that, but as you age, we know that that is absolutely the truth. What you can get away with in, at 40, you can't get away with at 50 or 60. So knowing today that what is coming tomorrow is important. And so I love the fact that you have a younger audience because I talked to a, a, a VP of, um, a, of administration for one of the community colleges today. She's 40 and she has the perfect prescription in place in terms of mindset, using meditation, not handling, handling her stress well, getting her sleep, eat healthy eating, healthy movement. And she's doing this at 40. And I said, you're doing everything right. Because if you can do it at 40 or if you can do it at 35 and you can keep that going, you can really look forward to wonderful, healthy aging. You absolutely can. Yeah, often those good habits or bad habits we develop in our 30s and 40s um, can really make a difference in the later years, good or bad, depending on what our habits are. Absolutely. So... I, I think that one of the um, the big issues as we age is the belief that we can't do it because we're old, okay? So when I see people who are in their 70s and they're very sedentary and they have that mindset that they're too old, um, then I, I have to say to them, you're never too old if centenarians there it can't be a big end, but you know, there are studies done with centenarians to show that they can build back muscle mass, a little bit of muscle mass with light weights. Now if they can do it at a hundred, then you know, it's there for all of us. Absolutely. What are some of the myths of aging, Maria? I think one of uh well, the big one is I'm old at I'm old at 50. That's a big one. And getting past that. Um, another one is anticipating cognitive decline. That does not have to happen to us. There's so much we can do. There's a lot of great research out there in terms of how we can age better cognitively. And then we're going to decline the belief that we're going to decline in terms of our balance. And um, I, I think those are some major ones. Oh, let's see. Did I get them all? Um and well, this is a belief that actually is a reality if you do nothing, and that's the diminishing of our muscle mass and our bone density. That's going to happen, but it doesn't have to happen. We can, we can manage we, that and improve it, can't we? We absolutely can. Um, I've heard the phrase aging backwards. You know, what does that mean? And is it possible to age backwards? Well, Gary, I think I've done it because if I look at my pictures from 20 years ago, I am better today than I was 20 years ago. Okay, so it absolutely can be done. And people look at my pictures before and after and they say, no way, that's not you. That was me. But I was aging stereotypically. And so when I started to control the stress, and meditation is wonderful. When I started to eat clean, and when I stayed consistent and when I had movement that was beneficial, 
I started to age in a very different way. And we all can do that. And so your chronological age has increased, of course, but yet physically and emotionally, you're younger now, more fit, uh, healthier than you were 10 years ago. 10, almost and 20 years ago. 20, wow. I would go back 20 years. Yes. And that's really in line with some research by uh, the geneticist out of, uh, maybe he's out of Harvard, Dr. David Sinclair. So he's in his mid fifties, looks like he's in his thirties. And this is what he is talking about. He, he wrote the book, um, Health Span Versus Lifespan and how you can actually change that trajectory of aging. Yes, I, I've heard what's important is to focus on um, not how long we live, but how well we live. You know, who, who wants to be 95 in a wheelchair? We want to be 95 and be able to walk or, you know, I, I'm an avid golfer and I'm 68, but I played today with a man who's 81 and he's in great shape. And what I found just using golf as an example, the, the folks who golf regularly seem so much younger than it, their ages because they're active, they're out in the sun, getting some vitamin D, they're focused, they're enjoying what they're doing, and all those things help them to seem so much younger than their ages. Which is such a good point. And, you know, we need to see more of these people, more of these 81-year-olds or the 95-year-old skier or the 100-year-old yoga instructor. We don't really focus on those stories in our culture today. And so then we think that's so unusual when it should be the norm. What are the essential elements, Maria, of a kind of healthy fitness and healthy nutrition program? I think it comes into three areas. And one is your mental state, um, which you can, we've talked about what you can do in terms of, of addressing that. Uh, not focusing on decline, but focusing on vibrance and focusing on what you believe you can do in your later years. So you're 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 headed there. You're aiming there. So I am three years from my 80s. I want to be studying flamenco dance in Madrid at 85. Okay, and doing something more exciting for the orphanage I'm involved in when I'm 90. Okay, so I'm I'm resetting my thoughts that's one thing meals what you eat planning ahead not grabbing and going staying away from the sugar staying away from the flour and then moving in a meaningful way so it not just strength training but how about golf with that how about pickleball with that how about what you love to do and you have to pick the things that you love to do because if you don't love to do it you probably are not so you've got to give yourself a chance to find what you love to do so for someone who's listening today who hears you and realizes wow i'm not i'm not i'm, I'm not aging in a good way i'm i'm overweight um uh, i've had some bad blood numbers whatever it might be i don't eat well i don't take care of myself um and i want to change that what what do you suggest to that lawyer, that overstressed professional who, who really hasn't been living healthily, what suggestions do you have as the best ways to get started? Okay, so there's a realization that something needs to happen, because if that path continues, then what we know is 
there's there's nothing but illness at the end of that pathway. There's nothing but illness, fragility, or dependency, all the things that we really do not want. So it starts with a decision that you then take action with. So just deciding you want it to be different isn't going to do it. But you have to have enough of a commitment, enough of caring of yourself and belief that you can change it. Anyone can change it. The hundred year old people can change it. Anybody can change it. So we have to get past that. We can't do it. So once you decide that it's important and then that it is something that, that you are willing to, to do, then I say, take the jump. Okay. Take the jump, get that trainer. It's worth it because now you've got accountability. Once you start, you're not going to look back. You'll see the result. Very good. Um, Marie, I call this podcast, the free lawyer, because it's all about how we as busy, sometimes stressed professionals can develop true personal freedom in our life. What does personal freedom mean to you, Maria? I think, well, personal freedom to me means the ability to do what I want, when I want, and especially to be able to give back to the causes that I believe in. And my major cause right now is very severely disabled, abandoned children in um, the poorest part of, of Panama. So that's my country of origin, gone back and visited and seen what is happening there. And so that to me is um, being able to pursue your passions is, is a free life. Very good. Very good. Maria, thank you so much for your comments. You've been so, so helpful to our audience. And for those who'd like to learn more about you or maybe get in touch with you, what's the best way to find you? Well, my website, and that can connect to all social media that I'm part of. So uh, that's drmariacristina.com. Very good. And are you on LinkedIn, uh, Maria? <laughs> LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Yes. Awesome. Well, Maria, thank you very much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. I love how you've taken charge of your life. And after going through all that stress that you went through as a, a president of, of a high, in higher education, you transformed your life. And you're so much healthier and fitter and happier today than you were then. So you've truly aged backwards. I think that's a, a great example for all of us. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Gary. And for all of our listeners today, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, please be well, be safe, and be free. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best, and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www.garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you, your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.